Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah! Welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello! We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Hey, everybody! And running the boards is Joey D. What's up? <laughs> On today's show, we will get San Diego Comic-Con hype from Gareth Von Kallenbach. BJ will talk some TV. Yeah. And, of course, we'll get the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Yeah. Get our blogs, podcasts, and more. Or just BJ Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes, and you'll find us, I promise. Yeah, you promise. Oh, you maybe not. Uh, All right. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, hit it all up and uh, get a hold of us and let us know, hey, what are you excited for from San Diego Comic-Con? Tons of panels, tons of stuff going on. San Diego Comic-Con at home. Uh, So you don't have to go there because, well, there's nothing going on down in San Diego right now. Oh, that's now. a good point. It's all virtual. Crossing and if, Swords panel. Is there going yes! to be really? Of course there is. I can't wait. <laughs> well, if you want to get some more information, well, I've got Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach to talk about what is coming up. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And Gareth, we've got San Diego Comic-Con happening at home so everyone can watch uh, the million panels and everything. And we discussed this a little bit, but now that we're getting so close to it and things are ramping up, we've got some interesting news. And you sent me some stuff that I thought was hilarious because um, I'll be honest, I didn't realize they made a Deep Blue Sea 2 and now they're going for three. This isn't something like Leonard Part 6, is it? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, w- what happened was, and if there there is a precedent for this, because if you remember the Lake Placid uh, film series and so on. Oh, yeah. Um, what happened was Sci-Fi Channel got a hold of uh, various licenses. And what they did was they looked at it and said, okay, um, here is a series that, had a you know cult following or a oh, yeah. successful original film, but for whatever reason never had sequels. Let's sequelize it. Now, what they did, though, was they used kind of the, as I call it, the asylum assembly line system that they used for many of those classic films. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like the Sharknado and so on, so where essentially you make the film very low budget with pretty much a cast of unknowns or one... Uh, you know, celebrity who basically comes in for a cameo. Yep. And that was what they did with Deep Blue Sea, too. There was a just the only real connection of the first film with sharks, uh, low budget, um, complete unknown, filmed in South Africa, that sort of thing. That appeared on the Sci Fi channel and also went on a DVD because obviously they can do a little more on the DVD that they can't totally. air over the. And that's uh, what Deep Blue Sea 3 is doing, is they're going straight. To uh, it's uh, being released by Warner Home Video. What I find interesting about it is they're doing a panel. Now, not to say they don't promote it, because they do promote the Sharknado and other things like that at Comic-Con, but those have become event films. I mean, last year we had a last-minute one for Zombie Tidal Wave, and Ian Searling and the director and all of them were there, and that was that was really fun. They have nice little interviews, so on and so forth. The fact that they went out and said, no, we want to do a panel for this and promote this, um, shows that, A, they want to be involved, and, B, uh, they're really going into it. 
And some people said, well, why aren't they doing some of the animated DC films like they normally do? And my thought on that was, well, remember, DC is doing their own thing in August. So they're kind of looking at it going, what do we have that might work? And I'm curious to see what they have. And let's not forget Shark Week's also going on. I was about to say, yeah, I mean, they've got a lot going on uh, with uh, with the water right now. And, I mean, even they're putting out, eventually, they're rebuilding the old Orca from Jaws, the boat, so they can do a documentary. And they're turning that into, like, a sea vessel to go and do research for sharks. Like, sharks are still hot, man, so I can understand why Deep Blue Sea would still be a thing. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we mentioned the asylum. They've got another shark movie coming uh, really soon, too. So, you know, the timing, shark week, boom, boom, boom. So I'll be curious. Look, I'm curious. I saw the trailer and I said, okay, kind of looks low budget and all that, but I'm going to be watching. Yeah, right. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Deep Blue Sea had one of the more iconic scenes, giant, huge, massive uh, monologue, and then munch. (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly you know and if you get bored root for the sharks that's what i always oh, do Oh, that's what i always do is well i mean i'm always rooting for the uh, bad guys anyway so it works out uh, something else that you uh, uh let me know about is uh, you mentioned that blade runner is going to be having a panel yeah now this one is really intriguing they are doing an animated series oh. and we are going to be getting uh some information on that it's supposed to be at 11 o'clock today so, uh, you know, get on there. Now, uh, <laughs> the important thing to note is you can go to the Comic-Con page. Don't go to the SDCC 20. There's a Comic-Con at home tab. That's where the daily schedule is. There's the links to the YouTube pages to watch the video. They've told us that a lot of these they're going to try to keep up. So if you have a schedule conflict and you can't watch them when they go live, they are going to try to make as many of them available for you to go and watch at a later date over the weekend. But, you know, don't try to put it off for two to three to four weeks and then get to it. Uh, but, you know, that's that's great for those who are working or otherwise busy mm-hmm. and can't get to it. Um, check it out. And I, I'm very curious. I've heard it's uh, uh, they're very vague on what exactly the timeline is. Um, the one that I've heard most common is it's between the first and second film. And so we'll probably have new characters. It's new story set in the Blade Runner universe. I'm curious if we'll get to see the colonies, which I think they could because with animation, you're not as tied up with the budget of building space colonies and spaceship and that sort of thing to film. Uh, So we'll see. But apparently it's a very interesting, visually dynamic series. And I'm just really curious to hear more about it. Absolutely. And it's one of those things like with you do something like this. And I mean, it reminds me of just like Clone Wars, where they were just fitting in a whole bunch of stuff in between the movies to fill the gaps. And you get to tell other stories of what's happening during all of this. I love it. Uh, beyond that, uh, one of the graphic novels that turned into shows is Stumptown. And uh, doing panels, I have to imagine that they're going to be talking about more what's going to be happening happening in the upcoming season. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this one because I got to see the panel last year. I was actually, I had time in between interviews, went in to see um, uh, Superstore, who are also doing a panel. Nice. And they had this in Emergence. And one of the things I remembered is outside of the sizzle reel where they showed her trapped in the car getting out and stuff like that. That was the only footage they had. And the cast came out. And they were asking Jake Johnson all these questions, and he was saying, hey, you know, I actually haven't filmed anything yet. I don't start filming until Monday, and so on and so forth. And what I find so interesting about that is 
this was one of the very first shows that we heard or any panels that was confirmed for being at Comic-Con at home. And I'm sitting here going, you know, we've talked about filming has resumed in some locations, but my thought was, I'm curious what they have, you know, did they film something before the shutdown? Is it just going to be a panel where they come out and talk about what to see? But it just, to me, seemed very interesting that they were very right there from the start. Boom, here we go. Now, they promoted it heavily last year. There was, I think you remember seeing the pictures on some of the buildings and stuff like that around mm-hmm. Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. But they were right in from the start. And I'm curious if they have any footage or if it's just going to be the cast and creative coming out saying, you know, hey, we're hoping to start filming, you know, because traditionally Comic-Con, they either film a lot of things start a week or two before or a big chunk of it starts after. And that was one of the reasons Big Bang Theory could never do a show set at Comic-Con because they said, you know, there were all these union entanglements and stuff because they don't start filming until after Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. You just kind of have to wing it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how that all goes. But really curious to see what they have. I think they've got a lot of stuff set up for next season. That's for sure. And then finally, some stuff from the uh, Lucasfilm areas, both in publishing and then also something going on 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 the screen? Correct. Well, first off, we've got uh, Lucasfilm Publishing is doing a panel today at noon and talk about uh, choices. It's it's opposite one of the Walking Dead panels. So, you know, (laughs) you're going to have to jump between those. Now... What we've been told is this is going to focus. Uh, people keep saying, oh, no, there's not nothing about movies, nothing about, um, you know, television, so on and so forth. This is entirely about publishing in terms of what is coming from the book series and possibly what is going to come on the comic line. And, of course, everybody's kind of looking at this now that we've finished up the sequel trilogy. We don't have anything announced for new films, a lot of rumors, that sort of thing. And we, of course, have the rumors about what's coming for Disney Plus and streaming. So people are kind of looking at the books to say, okay, you know, are we going to get more stuff on the high era that we've been told is coming? Are we going to be told about certain characters getting their own books or backstories that might be a clue for where things are going? And then, as we heard just last week, they announced that they are doing an animated series on the Bad Batch, which is coming for Disney+. Plus. Now, this is interesting because they canned uh, Rebellion, the new series, or Resistance, excuse me, the new series was canned after two seasons, and the comment was always, well, we told the story we needed to, but people looked at how long the Clone Wars ran, mm-hmm. how long Rebels ran, there were all these rumors about it might be a sequel to Rebels, it might be this, um, and then they came out and said, hey, guess what, uh, it's based on the Bad Batch, which was so interesting because they only appeared in one of the episodes of the recent uh, new season that completed the Clone Wars arc. And so it's fascinating that when they introduced these characters, I'd love to know exactly when they decided to do this series. But, appara- you know, some comments are that they introduced the characters, people absolutely loved them, and the feedback they got was, we want to know more about them. So... The question naturally is, well, are we going to get a comic book or a book to possibly fill in some details and bridge the gap until this thing uh, debuts? Uh, Who knows? But the speculation is wild. Um, There's all sorts of crazy rumors, um, you know, 
crazy things. There's some that even say we might get books filling in on what Palpatine was up to before the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I think they need to at this point in time because of the plot hole in that one. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then of course, you know, there there's all these crazy ones, and you know, I'm sure you've heard the rumor going around that I think is absolutely no chance. Uh, of happening is that they're going to retcon the sequel series and redo it, and it's like, yeah, you that's, can't that's, do that. that. You just, no. yeah, like that's that is not financially feasible at this point in time. They're going to have it out there, good or bad. They didn't do anything with the, the the prequels, and people clamored about that. So, and now they all look at them and say, "I, I wish the sequels were more <laughs> like the prequels." And you're like, "Oh God, really, really? really? Yeah, bring George back, and you know, you've heard yeah. it all, and oh, he did so much better." It's like, ah. Uh-huh. Exactly. So I know that we've got some fun previews. Check out those panels. If you don't have a chance to check out the panels, Will Gareth is going to be doing a lot for you. So you can check out all the information at SKNR.net. That is skewed and reviewed. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. And uh, again, lots of stuff happening down there at San Diego Comic-Con. Lots of television panels. And BJ. Yes, sir. Uh, going on the geeky side, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is almost Shield. over. It's getting closer. Now, I yeah. know you're not 100% caught up. Well, I, 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 didn't catch, uh, I didn't catch last Wednesday's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I've been following the whole season. And it's, uh, it's been good. It really? really? It's been a great season. This is a great farewell. They have been jumping through time. And it's been a blast as they've gone through the, the the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. It has been so much fun. Um, there, it, it, it might be their best season just because it's a, it feels like it's a love letter to the show. And um, I'm going to miss it, I have to say, because it's it's been a lot of fun. And, and uh, Coulson died again, and he's back. And <laughs> Of course. Poor guy. Coulson, <laughs> Coulson I, I, a couple of spoilers. You know, Deke is a, is a new character that we got from the when the S.H.I.E.L.D. jumped into the future and saw the Earth destroyed by Quake. And he was one of the sort of the survivors of that world that never came to be because they were able to timey-wimey fix it. Oh, of course. But Deke gets to stay there. He's also the grandson of Emma. Uh, and fits. So, oh you know, wow, yeah. So that's uh, that. This so that's a cool little thing as he's hanging out with his very young grandmother because, well, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, he's he still basically took a lot of tunes from the '80s that he knew and decided to just basically create them himself. So he he sang the songs before the original folks got to. Oh, that's so funny. So there's some fun moments in the show, uh, and the 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 robot creatures are pretty interesting. The Chronicons, uh, who are basically the the, the big baddies of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a fun season. It's a good watch, uh, and honestly. Do you have to know anything about S.H.I.E.L.D. just to watch this last season? I would say just read a, a thing or watch the previous Lees and right. just go on for the ride. I mean, you know what the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are about. They've been out long enough. I have a feeling that a lot of people are familiar with it if you're going to be interested in Marvel stuff. But they've, you know, I mean, that first season and part of the second season, yeah, it trudged along. Yeah, I tapped out after uh, the whole Hydra thing. The Hail Hydra stuff, I think, in uh, the either in the first or the second seasons brought me back in, but then I felt, I fell off real quick. It got real superhero-y. Yeah. I mean, you know, Granted, they only got so much budget to work with, unfortunately. But, you know, it's still, they're doing a great job this season. I really dig it. Uh, another show that you've actually finished is Devs. Yeah, this is a very interesting program because I think it's a one and done. 
and intentionally. Oh. I think it was intentionally meant to be one story and be done. Hmm. Uh, if you watch Parks and Rec, you know Nick Offerman from that show. Yes. Uh, completely different character. And Vicky and I had an offline conversation mm-hmm. about how you're really surprised at what a great actor Nick Offerman is if you only know him from Parks and Rec, which, of course, he did a great job on that show. But usually when someone does a comedy... They never get really what they deserve, uh, you know. And I think of uh, my gosh, I'm spacing on Breaking Bad's uh, main character's name. Come on, uh, who is it? Brian Cranston. Thank yeah. you, Brian Cranston. I don't think anybody thought was a great choice for Breaking Bad because you go, wait, the Nobody dude from did. Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, exactly. And it, it turns out he's an amazing actor, and I have to tell you, Nick Offerman is definitely showing me. I mean, I, he, I knew he was in some other stuff, but his character in a show called Devs, which you can now get on Hulu, it was mm-hmm. on FX. Um, what a tremendous show. It moves very slowly, but it is an amazing program, I have to say, that you will watch the whole thing and it will be done after its eight episodes, which I think is really great. Um He's in it. Also, Allison Pill, who yes. you know her from News, the, the HBO Newsroom, I think it was. Yes, she was yes. In Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, she was Kim. And uh, Goon. Yeah, and she's also, oh, yeah. of course, been in Star She was in Star Trek Picard as well mm-hmm. oh. uh, and played a great character in that. Uh, she uh, is, is amazing in this. Uh, so, you, you know, um, but I have to say, Sonoya Mizuno, who I have never heard of, plays the main character Lily in this. She does. I w- I just want to see what else she does in her life because she plays this in such a way that uh, it's 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 interesting to see characters who are socially awkward, who are the heroes and heroines of stories. And I, I you know I think of uh, Newt Scamander, right. you know, and, yeah. and, and and his character in the Fantastic Beasts movie because he's not your typical hero. He's really quite shy. He's he stumbles his words around for a lot of it, and he's he's not your typical hero. Lily's the same way in that. She's not what you'd expect from a hero. She's not super outgoing. She's not super forceful in, in the traditional fashion. But, man, is she an ass kicker in this show in her own mm. way. And um, it is a tremendous program. Uh, it, it, it really lures you in, even though it goes at such a slow pace. But it's Is it one that you feel that you really need to pay attention to? Like you need to sit down and watch it and pay attention to instead of like, because I, mean, well, I know like Vicky will do a little background viewing sometimes. I don't think it's a background viewing show, but it's not overly complex. I just feel okay, like okay, this okay. needs your attention because it gets it visually, emotionally, as well mm. as orally, the show brings you in. The music it plays, the sound effects it plays, the the, the way it's shot. This is this is definitely a 100% attention show in my mind. Right I don't on. think you're going to get right a lot on. out of it if you don't pay uh, full attention to it. It's a beautifully done show. I was, you know, really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm last one on the wagon for this one. But, well, not, uh, you know, not the last one because uh, you were telling me so much about it. And, it, I mean, it's only eight episodes. I've got Hulu, so I think I'm going to have to sit down and uh, get into it. Yeah, I think, you know, and you can watch it. I mean, it took me months to watch it, but I did. And ah, it, it, and the payoff is so good and the whole it, – it's a great journey, great destination as well. I did a little uh, searching on her because I wanted to see what else she's been doing or will be doing. Uh, I didn't know this. They're doing a Mouse Guard movie, Mouse which is based Guard. off the graphic novel, which is published by Arca- uh, Arcadia. I always pronounce that wrong. 
But it is a. It, you've probably seen it. It's that really oh, yeah. beautiful artwork with the mouse guard. But I'm guessing it's going to be an animated film. Well, with all the mouses, well, or you know. CGI-ish type situation. But Andy Serkis is said to be in this as well. This is just like it's a thing that's been announced according to IMDb. Cool. But I definitely want to watch it. She seems really awesome. Yep. And well, Vicky, stick around because now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? I actually got something fun uh, about movie villains, but I do want to see read a meme because I just found this, okay, and I think you will love course. this. It says, uh, if you're under 5'5", five five, you're a Pokemon. Uh, yeah, you are... 5'1 and a half. Vikachu? I'm Vikachu. <laughs> Hello, Vikachu. <laughs> I had a feeling you would giggle at that. Yes, absolutely. I would giggle a sore at that. Wow. <laughs> hey, well, you do have a bubble sore tattoo, I so do. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I do need a Pikachu one now, though. Yeah. Anywho, but going back to movie villains. Yes. Um, I know we talked about like villains that we liked more than uh, the actual heroes sometimes on our Thanos. recent episode. But that's true. How about twenty movie villains that actually should have been the hero? Oh, interesting. And if you guys have any ideas, I can uh, do a quick search well, and let I mean, you know. Thanos, obviously. Uh, like he has what? to be on this. Li- he has to be on the list. What he was the is- question again? Twenty villains who could have been the hero? Yeah, that it should have been, been the hero. hero. Should have been the hero. And Ooh. I think he was. I mean, he was the protagonist in uh, 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 Infinity War. And most of these are nerdy references, but there are some not so nerdy ones. Okay, too. just to confirm, you have to save lives to be a hero. Um, he was saving lives by killing half of the universe. But no one in the universe agreed with him that that but strategy was saving, correct. But he's saving <laughs> half of them. Well, I mean, you know, in Endgame, he decided to kill them all, and uh, ultimately <laughs> did not succeed. Yeah, because he realized. So, I mean, half is better than all. Yeah. I, I mean, there was sort of like the hero of his own story mentality, because that's the that's when you know you have a good villain when they really believe they mm-hmm. are the hero. Absolutely. And Doc Ock, at least the one in the in the Spider-Man movie, that guy was he was a hero. He just got you know he was trying to do some cool stuff, and the the S just took hold of him. Yeah, the S being Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. Spider-Man ruined it all. There are a few MCU references in here, but there are a few more Marvel references. Okay, all right, let's go with it, man. Like one of them being uh, in X-Men, everything Magneto feared came true. So as we see in Logan, his fears about what humanity had in store for mutant kind were completely justified. And the few mutants that are still around uh, live with a fear and anxiety and have no rights. Magneto was right about everything, and the X-Men were optimistic idiots in trying to fight his mission to survive. <laughs> and even in the comic books, like Cyclops has really kind of taken that mantle as being kind of a D oh, yeah. uh, when it comes down to it. And it was the realization, I mean, spoilers on some of uh, the more recent comics, it's the realization that mutants are no longer the next evolution of humans mm-hmm. because they have all of these things, but our technology has surpassed anything that mutants could really do. Uh, We can fly because of technology, if you look at all these different things. You look at someone like Iron Man, who is just as powerful as many of the other mutants out there Mm -hmm. because of technology. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of why they've decided to create uh, Krakoa and all the other stuff, uh, their own place to go away. Genosha. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that as well, because it's not, they're not the, the ultimate peak anymore and it kind of falls along the same lines of what Magneto was trying to do the entire time was just to create a haven for mutant kind mm-hmm. and sometimes not doing it the right way but right I mean he was almost just he was justified in a lot of ways well that's the key Magneto's justification Magneto's intent I don't have a problem with it's the means yeah. you know the, yes. and that's mm-hmm. really the key to humanity and that that's what's so great about these stories is that 
and we learn it from Harry Potter. It's like it's the Harry. choices you make. It's, you know, mm-hmm. Harry had all the qualities of Voldemort, and that's what he was worried about. He was like, am I going to be just like him? Yeah. And it was, you know, and Sirius said, no, dude, you're not just like him. It's the choices you make. That's what makes you you. And violence being used as a means to an end is the difference between a villain and a hero. Because heroes will not choose violence. Uh, it's the beautiful thing about they Doctor Who. They will fight Who. back when they need to. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's the whole Doctor Who story is that Doctor Who, does, even though he weaponizes other human beings, which has been talked about, which is a fascinating story arc that happened in the Tenet years. But the idea being is, is that I will not use violence to achieve my end, whereas Magneto's like, yes, I will. Yeah, it, any it, way possible. Because and, this is the language that all other people understand. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and that comes from massive trauma that he has not worked through. Oh, yeah. Which it's was kind of hard to work through, you know, but, being you know, a he, Holocaust survivor. <laughs> and also at the same point, how interesting in the comic books would just be uh, Magneto and his therapy sessions. I mean, absolutely necessary in the real world. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like sitting, I actually kind of would want to see Magneto sitting on a couch talking about his feet. But just even, a bit. But <laughs> even though like uh, X-Men First Class, because like I'll admit, like they progressively got worse and worse. And I didn't even watch Dark Phoenix and I love X-Men. Mm-mm. Uh, but someday I'll watch that. It's terrible. No, X Men okay, First Class was so phenomenal in just showing Charles and Magneto's relationship and how like they were able to work through all these things together. Yeah, but two in, sides of the same coin. Yeah, and then they ended up going in different directions. What else is on this list? Uh, you guys watch Skyfall, uh, James Bond movie? Oh yeah, no. Uh, oh, with Blofeld? Is that the one with, with uh, uh, Raul Silva? It's uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, Javier no. Bodum, where he's got the oh, teeth yeah. thing. Oh, no, that's not the one. That, Blofeld was who I was thinking of. Uh-huh. That was Christopher Waltz played him. But uh, No, but he's good. Yeah. Um, so uh, in Skyfall, both James Bond and Raul Silva, which is the bad guy, are part of a shadowy organization which spies, kills, and generally tends to control people. Yeah, despite having basically the same agenda, we're supposed to root for Bond because what? He's because more handsome? He, because he's. Yeah. And yeah, he looks like yeah I mean, that's about Ooh, it. Oh, that just gave me another example. Huh. Oh, yeah. The Klingons. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they started off as, yeah, you know, just a warmongering race, just being the bad guys you don't know about. And then, I mean, as Next Generation goes on, and I don't know so much about the uh, the original series, if they ever, like, kind of expanded more on the Klingons. No, the, the original series, they were just two-dimensional. They yeah, were two-dimensional that's what I thought, enemies. Yeah. Star Trek Discovery, and this is why I love Discovery, and I don't know how Joe's going to feel about this, oh, but, <laughs> but the, what they did with the Klingons took them even deeper. The idea was that they were so afraid of the Federation, and I loved it. It was like one of the things I loved about the first episode. It was all in Klingon. A lot of people hated the fact that you had to basically read subtitles on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the main character, Takuvma, said we, he was so afraid of, of the Federation, and he said, you can tell they're going to want to come in and ruin your life. This is what they say. We come in peace. And I, it really it blew my mind. Like, let me think about, like, because you think we come in peace means it's okay. But his idea was, that's what they say. Then they basically, in an imperialistic fashion, tell you the way you live, in your, you live your life is wrong. Yeah. Which, of course, you know, a violent race like the Klingons, not really what the Federation thought was cool. But there's an honor. There's a system. Exactly. They have a way to be. Um, and I thought it was brilliant that they took We Come in Peace and was able to show you the other side making that person look like a villain. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was that, that, one of the most brilliant things about Star Trek Discovery that I love, at least from that deep philosophical place. Good call. Vicki, what do you got next on your list? 
Uh, Wayne's World. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. I used to love that movie. Please don't tell me they think Rob Lowe is the, uh... Well... So Benjamin is the villain of Wayne's World. Yeah. Rob Lowe. Yeah. Despite doing absolutely nothing wrong, he only gives Wayne a TV contract, earns money for his corporate client, and tries to make Cassandra Rockstar. And yes, he fires Wayne, but only after he called the sponsor a sphincter boy on air. <laughs> yeah, you'd be fired too. I mean, maybe that's a good point, but I, I mean, mean... was he a D? Sure, but yeah, was he the villain? that's the problem. Problem, though corporations bad well Ari Gold you know an entourage he was, right? he was the hero of that show if you ask me <laughs> and you're not wrong either he's having to deal with a bunch of idiots and who don't know the machine and if you're going to get into that sort of thing mm-hmm. you got to kind of play ball a little bit yeah uh, going to the Ant-Man movie oh Darren oh, okay. Cross which was you know mm-hmm. Yellow Jacket or, yeah, yeah 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 Yellow Jacket he wants to make world changing technology public he's a bad guy because of that somehow Yeah. And that's, I mean, even the problem I have with a lot of the Marvel movies, especially with that one, is that you have the polar opposite bad guy. guy. And you're like, okay, great. Sure. Yeah. Ant versus Wasp. Great. Okay, cool. Like, they just need a way to just kind of shove that in there. And I like more nuanced villains, to Mm -hmm. be perfectly honest. So, yeah. And Ghost, though. Ghost was good in Ant Man. Ghost was great. Ghost was really good. She had a great storyline. And that could be one of those who were kind of like, they, they could be the hero as well because dealing with traumatic events and dealing with it their own way mm-hmm. not the best way but you know hey and the actor Hannah J oh she's so awesome <laughs> uh, in the 2016 Jungle Book Shere Khan the tiger Shere Khan is very much like a Magneto situation he looks like a monster for asking for Mowgli to be killed claiming humans are dangerous that's but true humans are, are dangerous yeah. and by the end of the mo- movie Mowgli would have burned half the jungle down even if by accident oh that jerk Right. Uh, he, he, I mean, there was trauma. It's it's wonderful to see trauma and how people <laughs> respond to it. Because yeah. in the world it's of behavioral sciences, it, yeah. I know it sounds crazy, but in the world of behavioral science, they say trauma can be your best gift if you process it properly. And a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, even, I mean, you take a look at Bruce Wayne. Could we argue that he's processing it properly? And the mm-hmm. Joker, he and both the same side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're both the same side of yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Joker's just like, why are we trying to save this world? Yeah. You know, really. I mean, look what happened to you. Look what happened to me. Why would you want to do anything good for these people? And that's the difference between him and, and, and Batman, which is why it's so awesome. How are they processing their trauma? And a little sneak peek. I actually am going to talk about some stuff, Batman stuff on the next Geek Sheet that I came up with. Nice. Batman. All right. Uh, one oh, more, Vicky, before we get out of here. Uh, let's do Thor Ragnarok. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to say, oh, I can't. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum's character, and I can't remember his damn name. Uh, uh, Slappy. The, the Grandmaster? The Grandmaster, like yes, yeah. you're yeah. correct. Yeah. Grandmaster yeah. Flash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually. Huh. Hella is taught by Odin, her father, to conquer others. Oh, right. When okay. he changes his mind, she isn't re- rehabilitated, but in prison for thousands of years. Then she gets out of prison and back to conquering the only way of life she knows. So how come she's the bad one instead of Odin? Well, yeah, I mean, and Odin has he's his He's still issues. revered. Yeah, and that's the problem. It's just perception, and yeah, he's revered because people know about him, and he had to lock up his daughter because he's like, oh, I did a bad thing, and I did a really yeah. bad thing because now I have this lieutenant. And you watch him in American Gods. Odin's just a douche. Yeah. 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 Oh, I miss that show. I, I'm a great go, douche. I'm going to have to go back and watch the first two seasons of that now. It's Not so a bad good. choice. Yeah, right. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. <laughs>